0: Hello and welcome to PwC Canada's newest podcast, Finance in 15, a series that explores finance transformation and what it means for leaders in the finance function. My name is Adam Boutros and I'm your host. Hello and welcome back to season two of the Finance in 15 podcast. My name is Moreno Fremis, and I'm your guest host today. For our new listeners, Finance in 15 is a PwC Canada podcast that explores finance transformation and what it means for leaders in the finance function. Today, I'm very pleased to have Darren Millman, Chief Financial Officer at Centerra Gold, joining us. In this episode, Darren and I will be discussing why data accuracy is key to improving decision-making and identifying potential issues in an organization. Welcome to the podcast, Darren. Thanks,
1: Marina. Happy to be
0: here. Darren, can we start with a bit of your background and your role as Chief Financial Officer at Centerra
1: Gold and a little bit about your company? Sure. So I joined Sentera back in 2013 as the treasurer, then subsequently the VP of finance and treasurer in 2015. And then in April of 2016, became the CFO. My accountabilities and responsibilities include you know, finance and shared services, investor relations, information technology, risk and insurance, treasury, and tax. And and as you know, Marina, we're under the new process of looking to, you know, undergo a big review of information technology in the company.
0: Yeah, so perfect. That's exactly what you want to dive into. So we know that that you've uh, recently underwent a technology transformation journey with the goal of establishing, you know, one version of the truth. Uh, Could you tell our listeners a little bit more about what that means
1: and how you got started on this journey? Of course, uh, it, it's firstly important to understand the business's journey prior to the technology transformation journey we've been on. Pre-2016, we had one operating mine, one development project under review, and one operations winding down. In 2016, we acquired the Thompson Creek Metals, which consisted of a large operating mine in the BC Canada, a metallurgical processing facility in the US, and two mines in care of maintenance in BC Canada and one in the US. in 2018, we received our final permit um, to commence construction of our gold project in Turkey. And then also in 2018, we acquired the recall metals company with a development project in BC. With all the underlying business changes uh, made result in multiple sites, multiple information systems. So as you would expect, our initial focus was on integrating the business and less on underlying information systems once we've had the opportunity to take a step back or reflect we came to the conclusion we need to establish one version of the truth so that was a process of looking to you know ensuring you know checking the balances and uh, that for all the different sites it was a kind of a two year program there was always always various workarounds we wanted to eliminate and starting to identify and capture the appropriate data in the correct systems for use today but also in the future the most significant contribution to one version of the truth was gaining frontline feedback, which extended then to management reporting. We had a focus on feedback coming from the bottom up, and obviously consideration to our key stakeholders, and were able to raise the buy-in for getting data and for this to be able to assist our employees with information to make the right decisions.
0: Following through on that, Darren, and digesting that, you know, one of the things I always know we talk about and we've talked about in the past is, you know, managing risk through that transformation journey, right? And, and, you know, when when we talk about risk management, can you kind of elaborate on what you've done to manage that better as part of the transformation journey you're
1: on? Sure. So there are different parts of risk. There's risk, which we've undertaken during acquisition phase. There's risk mitigation during operations. There's obviously taking a risk. Once we gather the, the necessary information information, we can we can take that a risk, assess it, um, and then we ensure these elements are embodied within the organization. You know, I mentioned earlier we've got we've looked at acquisitions, we're in operations, we've got minds on care and maintenance. So so with our elevation of risk management through the company through the years, i have put forward now that we're using a risk lens throughout the business to enable our due diligence processes starting at the acquisition piece. And also it's now embodied throughout the whole organization. Once again, to ensure not only we've got the right information, but we're making risk-informed decisions.
0: You hit it on a buzzword that always catches me, uh, informed decision-making. When I think about that and also the management reporting stuff we talked about earlier, you know, what does informed decision-making mean to you and to Sentara?
1: Well, for us, I think, you know, we're on this information system elevation or looking to make sure that people have got the right systems. And here at Centera, we had 13 systems being used to capture information. And, we, you know, we really want to implementing the you know, SAP as a solution for us, or one of, you know, the main system that there will be the ERP for us. And we want to get down that to three systems because, It's not just inclusive of finance, it covers ESG and everything that we need, you know, to make the right decisions and making sure we're sourcing that data from the relevant locations. Now, we need the importance for for this to be in place so our employees can make the right decisions effectively and efficiently. And at the same time, you know, we want to prevent information overload. You know there's so much data that's being captured or can be captured that we didn't do a job historically to do and then secondly i think the thing that we're always thinking of as well is as we go into the future and we actually have got a separate department here we call it digital minds so if we haven't got the right setup now you know risk-informed decision-making one version of the truth then we cannot sort of go into the future AI and things of that nature, you know, to, to do that, or else have to start again to get to that digital mind's sort of future footprint that we'll look to create at our various operations.
0: Flipping from one hot topic to another, um, ESG and the importance of incorporating ESG factors into the decision-making process. know, how does making ESG informed decisions facilitate proper decision-making capital sourcing in your
1: company? We've been on the, you call it the ESG journey for for many, many years. And, you know, it starts from day one when you step onto a property in any location. It's obviously the evaluation and the identification of relevant stakeholders. And um, we've been doing this for many years. We've had, you know, associations with EBRD and IFC. who basically, you know, created the initial principles, um, the Ecuador principles, which is now embedded in effect, all project financing as we go forward, the more the Western banks have caught up with this process. So that's one example where to actually access debt capital in particular, you need to be following you know, ESG principles. For sinterra uh, we're a World Gold Council member. And as a member, we have signed up to the Responsible Gold Mining Principles. This is our third year and And we're basically, you know by, by September of this year would we'll look to be compliant. And there's fifty one principles within there that captures all elements of ESG. So that's our backbone of the company in which we feel you know we'll be able to demonstrate that to the you know the relevant stakeholders, investors, shareholders, and you know debt holders as we go forward. So we feel that that underlying principle covers many elements. But at the same time, you need to modify, adjust depending on where your locations of your minds are. We're in Turkey, we're in BC, we're in the US. So, you know, it's not one principle fits all. It's obviously modify. But but with all that being said, you know, you need to capture that data. You need to have a process to ensure that data is available. You need to be able to report on that data to regulators, to stakeholders. And if that information is incorrect then obviously the relationships could be broken. And and that's why, again, information is so important to be captured, to be accurate, and that it's available to be making the right decisions. Can you elaborate
0: on the further outside of the transformation journey you're on, like how, how you've been making sure that all fits together?
1: Each of our minds, we've got um, allocated departments you know, at the local site capturing the data. Um, and, and you know, it's it's not separate from that information transformation journey we're on now when when we talk about you know sap we've also identified another product that will be capturing all our commitments under our mine permits under our environmental permits so under our first nations obligations so there is so much information that's needed to be captured to be reported on so you know, we unfortunately have been, which I'm assuming a lot of similar minds have been under more of a manual process reliance on people. And, um, you know, there's still been a process that's in place, but it's still not all in the one sort of unified data site or, or location to to pull together. So once again, it's, it's not a separate ESG exercise or it's not, an, it's, it's all intertwined because you can have great financial information, be you make a wrong decision connected with an ESG matter or having the wrong ESG data and you could, you know, ruin the reputation of the company, ruin your relationship with stakeholders. So it's so intertwined and the need to ensure, you know, they both are available to those decision makers is key to us.
0: Thanks for that. I appreciate the candor because you're right. Like from our experience, it is one of the biggest challenges of collecting data from multiple disparate, disjointed sites. In some cases, it's a huge challenge in your sector. And another challenge, and this one's near and dear to my heart as a transformation leader, is is you know having a clear picture of the return on investment from transformation projects, you know, especially given how important it is uh, to getting buy in on something that can be quite significant when you first look but getting your key stakeholders on board for the journey you're on now how did you overcome the ROI challenge
1: so our boards you know sets some relevant hurdles you know capital projects large and or small that we're setting we look to achieve those from an information systems perspective you know we feel we can hit those hurdles in the context of you know called overall finance which is obviously more connected to the sap but you know we see it as one project in entirety so when you're capturing the financial returns, when you're capturing the data, the ESG, it's all one because you could both have a financial return, but you could also minimize your financial exposure. So once again, it's not only your rates of return, but it's minimizing your exposure as well. So once again, connecting the financial information together, the you know, ESG or other data together ensures you know both both rates of return but minimize exposure as well, not only today, but in the future. And if you've got the data over a large period of time, you can see relevant trends and, and the direction you're going and make decisions early. So you don't get that big, you know, capital blowout or, or a um, high exposure because you've been able to prove this is the trend, it's going down or it's going up, this is what we're going to do. And providing that information to our stakeholders is valuable versus just trust me in, in, a, in a conversation with these regulators or, or First Nations groups.
0: So as we're getting to the end of our podcast here, it would be great if you could summarize for our listeners the top three takeaways from your transformation journey.
1: For me, and I guess I think probably speak for the team that's part of this journey, is recognize the importance of your frontline workers and what they need and what data they need to be able to capture the information, but also make the right decisions. You know, we historically, you know, at Sentera taken an approach where we've pushed it down, the system to use, and this is sort of, you know, these are the the Rolls Royce of systems, but at the end of the day, it doesn't meet their needs. And you know, we've really taken a, a, a change in approach and we've got buy-in. And I think because we've taken that, you know, um, bottom up this time. I think don't underestimate the time it takes to find the right systems. You know, once again, we went under a very big data analysis process into what's what's the data we need to be able to capture, what are the decisions that need to be made based on this data, and we looked at every system under the sun, you know, with the assistance uh, of advisors. To, and validate that and, and share that data once again with the frontline employees to, to show this is fit for use. And we're able to, able to do that, but it took some time. And, and we think that time spent today will be better for us in the future. And once again, buy-in from the employees. And I think, you know, a very important piece is, you know, is information systems. It's not a um, fancy thing to do. It's not, you know, you're not creating a new mine. You know, you're not getting massive rates of return, potentially of implementing something at a mill or a mine. It's administration costs. And, you know, there's still returns available. But having the support throughout the company at the management level so obviously the C-suite level, the general manager, or the presidents at the local site, it's so important that they're on board. And then that just filters down to the employees. And once again, having buy-in. If you haven't got buy-in, then these systems will fail because they'll use them. They won't use them. They'll create workarounds that's already happened again. So I think that's critical for us that you know, we feel really supported from the C-suite and at the board level, to be quite honest.
0: This has been excellent, Darren. It's been great speaking with you today. Uh, thank you for joining me. At PwC Canada, we're a community of solvers and we believe finance has an important role to play in helping their organization succeed. If you'd like to be part of our CFO community of solvers, please reach out to me to get involved. I hope you enjoyed our seventh episode of season two. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this series, so please be sure to subscribe, share, and leave us a rating or review. I'm Marino Fremis and this is Finance in 15.